are returning this week uh, to our Prayer Works series. And I uh, just want to give a, a catch-up because we took Mother's Day off. So far, we've, uh, we're talking about prayer works, and we claim, proclaim that uh, God answers our prayers. And uh, so when we say prayer works, we're professing our belief that, that God does answer prayer, that prayer works. But, but more than that, beyond that, what are the works of prayer? How is it that prayer works? And are there things that we to do? Is there a way to pray that's right or wrong, or a way to pray that is more or less effective? How, what, are the, what are the components of what? How does prayer work? What are the mechanics of it? And we began with um, talking about who it is that we're praying to and who it is that we're praying as. That Jesus taught us to pray our Father. That when we come to God in prayer, when we approach him, we don't come as beggars, pleading, hoping that the master will hear us, will answer. We come to him as sons and daughters, as his beloved. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us so we be called the children of God. And that is what we are. We come to him as a God who loves us. And we come to a, a father who loves us, who is the creator and the sustainer of the universe. He made everything that is. The mountains and the ocean and the skies, all the animals on the sea, all the plants and, and um, the birds in the sky. He, he created everything. Power is not a problem for God. If he can do all of this, what can't he do? And he created it and he sustains it. He holds it together. Right? If, if you're sitting here this morning or we're sitting in a building that's constructed or wherever you are and you're watching this and things aren't flying to pieces, God is still in charge. He holds all things together. He creates and he sustains. And that as our heavenly father, that he is growing us up, that Jesus says in John chapter 3 that, that we must be born again to enter into the kingdom of God, that we're, that we're being born again. Flesh gives birth to the flesh, but the spirit gives birth to the spirit. But when we are reborn in the spirit then, we don't remain infants of the spirit for the rest of eternity. That Jesus advocated childlike faith, but not childish faith. They were to grow up into maturity, into the fullness of Christ, to become more and more like Jesus, and to grow up because we have a part to play, a role to play in the work of his kingdom that he is establishing. And it's a kingdom that is established on the basis of authority, as all kingdoms are. That where you have a kingdom, you have a king. And by definition, the, the, the king is the one who has rule over their realm, who has authority over their, over their, um, their the, the part that they, the, the realm that they rule. That is their kingdom, where what they wish, where what they say, what they value is done. And, and Jesus, in his ministry, and at the end of his ministry, claimed that all authority had been restored to him, all authority in heaven, on heaven, in heaven and earth had been given to me, 
And then he imparted that authority to his followers, to his disciples, to his apostles, and said, now I'm sending you out in my name to proclaim and to advance my kingdom. That's why it's so important for us to grow up, because if you're going to rule in God's kingdom, if you're going to exercise his authority, we need to mature in our faith. To go out and to announce his kingdom and to declare God's dominion over every place where we have been given responsibility, over every realm that we've been called to lead into, to then bring the peace of God and the power of God and the purposes of God, the agenda of God into the realms where we have dominion, where he's imparted authority to us to call forth and to enforce his kingdom in those realms. This morning as we move on from those things, we're going to be talking the next couple few weeks about prayer works. What are, what are the tools that we have to work with? We're looking at the, the toolbox for prayer. How is it that faith is one of the components of prayer that we're going to talk about. We're going to look at how that plays out in Scripture this morning. How does faith work as a tool that we have access to in the ways that we pray? Now, in the course of my life, um, I've heard some pretty horrible things said to people when it comes to prayer and faith. I know a woman who um, was handicapped, physically handicapped, um, had for many years, was a, was a devout follower of Jesus, and it had been um, gone to the church and, and been prayed over in her church and was not healed, and prayed over passionately and persistently and was not healed and was not healed. And the people that were praying for her, because they were praying and she was not being healed, said to her, you don't have enough faith. Is that how faith works? That, that the person being prayed for, if they don't have enough faith, that the prayer doesn't work. I think more often when I think about my own prayer life, is if prayer's not working, it's because I don't have enough faith. And is that what it comes down to? If the person who's praying doesn't have enough faith, then the prayer doesn't work. Jesus made some bold, sweeping declarations about prayer. I mean, really profound, crazy stuff. Ask, he said, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Two sentences, six times. He says, you ask, I answer. 
in John chapter 14. Very truly, right? When Jesus is saying that, very truly, it's like truly, truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father, and I will do, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Hyperbole? When he said that, did he mean that? What did he mean? In Matthew chapter 17, truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. There are miracles that Jesus did in the Bible where there's no mention of faith, where faith is not a factor in any form that is acknowledged. John chapter 5, Jesus heals the man at the pool of Bethesda, an invalid for 38 years. He has a conversation with the guy. He asks him if he wants to be made well. He doesn't ask the guy if you think I can make you well or not. But he heals him. John chapter 9, the healing of a blind man. He doesn't even really have a conversation with guy, this guy. But heals him. Luke chapter 17, there are ten lepers. No mention of faith. He heals them. Faith in the scriptures, faith in Jesus' ministry is not always a factor that is acknowledged at all. But there are also other places where faith is the matter, where it's very clearly stated that faith is the factor that results in the healing, the restoration, the answer of the prayer. The faith of the prayee, the person needing help, the person asking for help, was credited with healing. A woman who had been hemorrhaging, bleeding for 12 years, sought Jesus out, touched Jesus. Jesus said to her, Take heart, daughter. Your faith, your faith has healed you. He said, Your faith is what made you well. Two blind men came to Jesus, calling out, Have mercy on a son of David. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came into him, and Jesus asked them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, let it be done. And their sight was restored. Their faith in Jesus' capacity to heal them, it was according to that faith that what happened was done. A Canaanite woman came to Jesus, crying, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus said to her, woman, 
you have great faith. Your request is granted. The, prayer, the, the faith of the prayee is attributed with being the key factor in the person's healing. Now, the prayer of the prayer is also a factor in the healing. It was the woman's great faith that led to her daughter's deliverance. In Mark chapter 2, four friends brought their friend to Jesus and laid him at his feet, paralyzed man. It says that Jesus saw the faith of his friends and he said to the man, first, son, your sins are forgiven and then get up and walk. And the man was hailed, healed because of the faith of the friends who brought him. I would like to say to my friend who I spoke of earlier, whose friend said to her, it's because you don't have enough faith that you're not being healed. I'd like to say to them, it's because of your faith that she's not being healed. <laughs> right? Why are you blaming her? James says that the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. The lack of miracles in Jesus' ministry was attributed to the lack of faith. This is really interesting. Matthew chapter 13, it says, He did not do many miracles in his hometown because of their lack of faith. In this context, right, we're talking about Jesus being limited in his capacity to perform miracles in a context or willingness because of their lack of demonstrated faith. So is it our job to muster up, somehow figure out how to muster up just a mustard seed of faith so that we can move the hand of God to do it is what we're asking him to do. And how do we do that? Is that even possible? How do you, how do you muster up faith? Even if you only need a little bit, how do you will it into existence? One of my favorite stories of prayers of faith is um, the father who came to Jesus whose son was possessed by an evil spirit. And he'd come first to his disciples, also encouraging. He'd gone to his disciples and, and asked them to help, and the disciples couldn't drive out the evil spirit. And then he brings his son to Jesus, and he says to Jesus, if you can do anything, take pity on us. And help us if you can. Jesus said, if you can, everything is possible for the one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I too believe. Help me in my unbelief. I, I do believe Jesus, but don't let my 
lack of enough belief be the difference between my son being delivered and not delivered, between my son being healed and not. I believe, but if I don't have enough belief to get the job done, don't let it be about me. Forgive me. Fill the gap between what, my faith, between my belief, and what it needs to, for this to happen. Faith, when it comes to prayer, it's in the toolbox. It's part of the equation. How do we grow in faith? Abraham was the father of faith. It says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11, that he was enabled to become a father despite being too old to father a child because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. Abraham had been called by God to leave his family and his country and go to the place that God would show him. Didn't tell him where he was going, just said, get up and leave and I'll show you where to go. And he got up and he left and he went and God had provided for him. And part of this promise that God had made to him is I will give you a, I'm going to give you a legacy. I'm going, to give you, I'm going to make of you a great nation. And he was old and he didn't have a single son. How could this be? In Hebrews, it says, it didn't happen by Abraham pondering the implausible prospect of having a child when he was 90 years old. He didn't have this son because he went out and said, wow, you know, this is really, I'm 90 years old. How is this? This is never going to happen. This couldn't possibly happen. I'm 90 years old. He wasn't thinking about all the things that couldn't happen. He wasn't looking at his circumstances. He wasn't looking at the problem. It says that he considered him faithful who made the promise. It was his attention to, his focus on not the problem, not the circumstances, not himself. It was his focus on the one who made the promise. Peter, sitting in a boat with his disciples in the middle of a storm, and, and Jesus comes out to the disciples in the middle of the storm, and he's walking on the water, and they see him, and they're scared because they think it's a ghost at first, and Jesus walks up to the boat, and it's like, ah, oh, it's Jesus. And Peter says, Jesus, if it's really you, I don't know who else he thought it might have been, but Jesus, if it, Peter, if it, Jesus, if it's really you, tell me to come to you on the water. Jesus says, come. Peter gets down out of the boat, and he starts to walk across the water, and he's doing it. It's working. It's one of my favorite. I love this miracle. It's like, I, I want to walk on water. And I think it's like, you may, when I get to heaven, I hope Jesus and I, like, one of the first things we do is just take a walk across the lake. Um, Jesus, come to me. Peter gets out of the boat. And he starts walking to Jesus. And then it says that, that he looked away. That he saw the storm. That he saw the seas. And he started to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Peter is doing it. It's happening until he sees the storm. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus famously prayed, falling to his face to the ground. 
my Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. When he taught his disciples to pray, he taught them to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. I think oftentimes in my own prayer life, that when I pray, your will be done, that I do it from a kind of place of concession. God, this is what I would like to happen. This is what I want. But you're God, and I'm not God, and you're probably going to do whatever you want, so I'm just going to kind of go along with what you, you know, what you do and hoping for the best, but kind of expecting that it's not really going to work out that way. Jesus, when he prays, my Father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Is not making a concession. It's like, oh, you know, this is what I want, but if it doesn't work out, it's not what you want, God. You know, just to, he's like praying forward God's kingdom. What I want, God, what I want, what I want, Father, is your kingdom. And I trust that whatever it is that you're doing here and whatever it is that you do or whatever it is that you don't do is not about your goodness. It's not about your love. It's not about your power or your capacity. It is about your glory. It's about my confidence that what you're doing here is more important and more lasting for me and for the world than what I want. Jesus' prayer is not a concession. It's a confession in his absolute confidence in the goodness and the grace and the love and the power and the purpose of God. Hebrews 12 says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. What he was asking God to take away from him, he took on, he, he embraced, he walked through because he was looking beyond where he was and what he was going to go through for what was ahead. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And so because of that, Hebrews says, hey, be like Jesus. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Let us look at Jesus who looked at the Father and said to the Father, your kingdom come, your will be done. Because whatever you're up to here is bigger and better for me and for the world and for your kingdom than what it is that I'm asking. But I'm praying forth your kingdom. Because on the other side of whatever it is, there is joy, and there is peace, and it is lasting. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Now, you realize that's like the opposite of 
the way that we, most of us approach life, right? I am certain of what I see. What I hope for, faith is being sure, not of what you see, but of what you hope for. What you do not see. Faith sees the coming, coming, the coming kingdom. Faith sees the joy on the other side. If faith is in play, we're only talking now about timing. Healing will come. Joy will come. Peace will come. It will be there because the kingdom is coming. It's only a question of when. So Paul says, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen. We look at not our circumstances, not ourselves. Fix our eyes on what is seen. Not on my capacity, my ability, my strength, my resolve, my maturity, not on ourselves, not on how bad things are, are, or how horrible the situation is, not on the dragon breathing down my neck, on the kingdom, on heaven, on the joy set before us. We grow our faith by doing just what happened in the clip. Son, daughter, look at me. Don't, don't look over your shoulder. Don't look at this circumstance. Don't look. Look at me. What is unseen is God the Father. Son, daughter, knows you, loves you, created you in his image and likeness, and is restoring all things to you. Look at God the Son, who calls us friends, allies in the work of his kingdom, partners in the gospel. Look at God, the Holy Spirit, that is the power that raised Jesus from the grave that now resides in the life of the follower of Jesus, inwardly renewing us day by day, even as externally we're wasting away. Look at the kingdom. Because what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Faith is a power tool in the prayer rocks. A power tool. James says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and and effective. And I read that and I'd say, it'd be really cool if I was a righteous person. 
Paul says, in the gospel, a righteousness from God has been revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. That righteousness is not something that we generate. And faith is not something that we generate. It's something that is imparted to us. A gospel, a righteousness from God, is a righteousness that we don't create, we don't manifest, we, we receive, we accept. The prayer of a righteous person is a prayer of a person who has their eyes fixed on the Father. Eyes fixed, praying face to face with our Heavenly Father, not focusing on our circumstances, not looking at ourselves, but looking to Him.